Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Up next, two high school sweethearts celebrate Valentine's Day. They were just a real all-American couple. That night, they're victims of a brutal attack. Scared the family so much that they started locking up their children. The way that she was taken from us made it even worse. Generations of detectives attempt to identify a killer. It was a big case, and and many people tried to solve it. And then a new forensic test reaches across time to solve the mystery. I was hearing the last name of... Our killer, something that detectives have been wanting to hear for the last 46 years. In 1974, America was near the end of the Vietnam War and Richard Nixon was in the final throes of Watergate. But that didn't register all that much with Carla Walker and Rodney McCoy. Their main interest was each other. Carla was very, very in love with Rodney, and he was in love with her as well. And none of her friends or family talked about her even being interested in anybody else. Rodney was the captain of the football team. He was the quarterback. Carla was on the cheer squad. They were the kind of couple that everybody at high school kind of knew of them. On a cold February night, Carla and Rodney were going to a Valentine's Day dance at Western Hills High School outside Fort Worth, Texas. She never missed a dance. They went to all the dances and did all kind of school activities like that. Rodney was especially looking forward to the evening. He had a surprise in store for Carla. He gave her a promise ring that evening before they left for the dance. So that promise ring also kind of made that night extra special for the two of them. After the dance, at about one o'clock in the morning, the couple stopped at a local bowling alley. Carla had just gone to the restroom at the bowling alley. They came back to the car, and they were doing what couples do, which is make out in the car. They've been dating for a year, and they're making out in the front seat of the car. Sounds familiar. All of a sudden, the passenger side door of Rodney's car was ripped open. A stunned Carla nearly tumbled onto the ground. Then, the man who opened the car door started dragging her away. Rodney tried to get her back into the car. The attacker pulled out a gun and tried to kill him. A stranger actually puts the gun to Rodney's face and pulls the trigger three times. Incredibly, the gun misfired, so the attacker used his weapon to hit Rodney repeatedly. Despite this beating and in shock from nearly being shot to death, 
Rodney still attempted to save Carla. But Carla apparently realized that this was no robbery. The attacker was after her. Carla was saying, I'll go with you, just stop hitting him. And so that's exactly what had happened. Rodney later told police he passed out from the blows to his head. Once he regained consciousness, he did exactly what Carla told him to do. He drove to her house. Carla's brother remembers the night. I heard boom, 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 pounding on our front door. Mr. Walker, Mr. Walker, help me. They've got her. They're going to hurt her bad. I know they are. It made an impression in my life at 12 years old. Rodney was emotional. I mean, he was just kind of like, you know, they got her, they got her, and he was bleeding. Rodney was able to describe the suspect. Uh, that evening, he described him as a medium build, a white male with wavy hair, had a cowboy hat on, and he also stated that he talked with a Western uh, or cowboy accent. At the scene was a bullet magazine with bullets still inside from a Ruger Mark I 22 caliber pistol. The only sign of Carla at the scene was her purse. Oddly, even though it was late at night, it was a busy area and there wasn't a single eyewitness, except for Rodney, which had investigators questioning whether they should treat him as a victim or a possible suspect. Most murders are going to be committed by people that you know. Nobody wanted to believe that Rodney was involved, but he always was a question mark. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, Answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Whether it's routine maintenance, an emergency repair, or a dream project, Angie lets you compare quotes from multiple local pros, browse homeowner reviews, and even book a service instantly. Angie's been connecting people with skilled pros for nearly 30 years. So the next time you have a home project, bring it to Angie to get your job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. In the 1970s, Fort Worth, Texas had its fair share of crime, but violent crime was a rarity, which had many people, including Carla Walker's sister, hopeful she would be found alive. I still thought she would be dropped off. Somebody would drop her off. I just never thought it would end like it did at all. Three days after her abduction, Carla's partially clothed body was found in a drainage culvert just outside the city. Carla's brother, Jim, remembers getting the news. I remember looking at my dad and my mom, expressionless. Never saw my dad cry once, all my years. He was looking straight ahead, straight ahead. Uh, his eyes teared up, and I think that was the point I started getting angry. It was clear this was a sexually motivated crime, 
The medical examiner found what looked to be seminal fluid in 1974. Testing was not quite as available as it was now, so we know for sure what happened, but at the time, the testing was a little less exacting. She had quite a bit of bruising and scratching on her body. During the autopsy, it was determined that she had been strangled. Investigators turned to their only witness, Carla's boyfriend, Rodney McCoy. And we understand that you, you know, the boyfriend, the one who's with her, is always the first suspect. Rodney appeared traumatized, but there were questions. He had sustained no life-threatening injuries. He claimed a gun placed to his head misfired three times. And for reasons no one could explain, Carla's promise ring, the one Rodney gave her just a few hours before she was killed, had apparently been pulled off her finger and left at the scene of her murder. And to this day, we don't know how that ended up there, if, if it was purposely taken or if it was removed in a struggle. Despite these questions, no one who knew this young couple thought Rodney could possibly have harmed Carla. My parents loved Rodney like a son. I mean, he was able to just come in and out of the house. He didn't have to knock. He'd go in the kitchen, fix himself something to eat or drink. Detectives now turn to their only piece of solid evidence, the bullet magazine at the scene. The Ruger 22 Mark I model of gun that was used during this crime is unique in that it has a magazine release at the bottom of the grip. And so during the time that Rodney was in an altercation with the attacker and being pistol whipped, it appears that that magazine release was pushed and the magazine was released from the bottom of the gun. A partial print was lifted from the bullet magazine, but it had so little detail, it could not identify a suspect. So detectives turned to the ATF to see who in Texas owned a 22 caliber Ruger Mark I pistol. It was a new gun. It had only been released for a little while. And so they had kind of a small window of people to look into, still hundreds of leads. While these gun owners were questioned, detectives and even Carla's family were flooded with possible tips. The tips, information coming in, my parents would still get uh, phone calls and they would answer or somebody would just drop by and say, well, I know this or I heard this. And my, my parents would go investigate themselves. But it was an arrest nearly three months after Carla's murder that appeared to be the key break in the case. A 21-year-old, Tommy Ray Neeland was arrested near Fort Worth for an attack that bore eerie similarities to Carla's case. Tommy Ray Neeland attempted to abduct and sexually assault a female, and she got away. And when they picked him up on that warrant, he confessed to killing two other people, a 15-year-old and a 17-year-old kid. And they thought, well, you know, he's in the area, he likes to kill kids, maybe he killed Carla too. When a suspect in Carla Walker's murder emerged in the person of self-confessed killer Tommy Ray Neeland, Neeland was placed in a police lineup. Carla's boyfriend, Rodney McCoy, was called in. They had Rodney McCoy present, and Rodney asked that they have each of the people in the lineup say, come with me. And when Neeland spoke, Rodney picked him 
He was number three in the lineup, and Rodney picked him as the person who he believed to be the suspect. But Neeland, who freely confessed to three other murders, insisted he hadn't killed Carla. He claimed he was at a youth retreat the night of the murder, and other people confirmed he was there. But he failed a polygraph. So he remained a suspect, but there was not enough evidence to arrest him for the crime. Years passed, but the work on Carla's case never flagged. It was just all legwork back then, all legwork and interviewing people and driving to other cities that they had information. It was just tips, tips from people. That's all they had to go on, really, was, was tips. And as those tips dried up, detectives had to face the possibility that Carla's killer would never be caught. Carla's parents died while the case remained open, but her brother Jim, a man of deep faith, remained convinced the case would be solved. In fact, he was so hopeful he refused to sell the family home. I didn't want to sell the house and somebody be knocking at this door at 3 o'clock in the morning saying, hey, I got a story to tell you. I wanted to be here in case that happened. And they decided to come by and get this off of their chest. While Carla's family prayed that knock would come, forensic experts were revolutionizing crime science. Fort Worth detectives thought Carla Walker's case was a prime candidate for re-examination. One of the hardest parts about working a cold case is there's so many factors that work against you. You're working against um, witnesses who have, who have forgotten or witnesses who have died. But after all this time, was there any physical evidence left to test? It turned out there was plenty. The first time I went into the property room and looked at the property from Carla Walker, I remember turning to my investigator and saying, it's like they knew what DNA was. Because you gotta remember, in 1974, no one tested for DNA. And so every single thing they did was done correctly, and they didn't even know it. Incredibly, Carla's clothing had been kept in storage for decades. A partial DNA profile from an unknown male was generated, but it was very weak. It's not enough to put in a CODIS and it's really only enough to um, exclude individuals. And so it's more of a working lead than it is something to clinch a suspect. So we had something to work with, we just didn't have enough. This partial profile eliminated potential suspects in the case, including Rodney McCoy and confessed killer Tommy Ray Nealon. To see what more information the DNA might provide, the profile was sent to the Serological Research Institute in Richmond, California, better known as Siri. They were able to replace elements of the profile that had degraded and produced a full DNA profile. That was extremely exciting to know that we had now had a full DNA profile. We were very hopeful that when it was uploaded into CODIS, that after this many years, that profile would be in CODIS. But it was not to be. In a shocking development, there were no hits. Incredibly unusual in a case with this type of violence. We were pretty disappointed and felt like we had hit a brick wall. This was a setback, but also an opportunity. With this DNA profile in hand, detectives thought they might finally have a way to identify Carla's killer. We still had hope because we believed that there was somebody out there and we were definitely going to find out who it was.
the full DNA profile recovered from Carla Walker's murder turned up no CODIS matches, but forensic analysts were not out of tools. In 2020, the profile was sent to Othram, the world's first private DNA laboratory devoted exclusively to identifying people by using old, damaged, or degraded DNA samples. We're able to enrich the DNA and work with amounts of DNA that are super, super low. We usually are the go-to when all other methods have failed and there is no more hope left for the case or for the family. Othram, their motto is justice through genomics, was perfect for this case because there was just a minuscule amount of fresh DNA, about one nanogram, left to test. We're able to work with quantities of DNA that are 0.12 or 0.15 nanograms. That is equivalent to 15 human cells. And if I touch my body right now, um, I would leave hundreds of human cells. And so that should give you sort of a comparison as to what 0.12 nanograms of DNA looks like. Othram takes these tiny bits of DNA and amplifies them. They're not adding anything to the sample. Instead, they say they're enriching what's already there. Once this is done, they employ a process known as parallel DNA sequencing. We are able to look at tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands of markers, and then later we use computational methods to put those fragments back together, and we're able to piece together the, the letter code that makes up your genome. Othram now tested the enriched DNA sample from Carla Walker's case against the huge amounts of DNA in a consumer DNA database known as GEDmatch. And this ultimately identified a family, the McCurleys. There were three brothers. One, Glenn, lived in Fort Worth at the time of Carla's murder. Every single time we're able to give an investigative lead that does lead to an investigation moving forward it is the best feeling in the world, and it never changes. Despite all this time, Glenn McCurley's name was in the case file. Back in 1974, he'd been questioned after Carla's murder because he owned a 22 caliber Ruger Mark I pistol. In 1974, he was interviewed in April. She was killed in February. He said it was stolen while he was fishing. At the time, McCurley was put on the back burner because he'd passed a polygraph and had no violence in his record. Nearly a half century later, to the surprise of detectives, he still had no recorded incidents of violence. A long-haul trucker, he'd been married for more than 50 years and was the father of two children. Could the DNA be mistaken? There was only one way to find out. Detectives sifted through McCurley's trash, found a plastic straw, and lifted a genetic profile. It also matched the DNA from Carla's clothing. McCurley, 77 years old and unaware of the DNA evidence, was brought in for questioning and shown a picture of Carla Walker. Mr. McCurley, can you look at that picture and just tell us for sure that you do not know who she is? You've not had any contact with her? never seen her before. I don't know who she is. So you've never met her before, never seen her? I've never seen her, never met her, uh-huh. never talked to her. I wouldn't know her uh-huh. if she was standing beside of me. When told that DNA tied him to Carla's murder, McCurley changed his story. He said he remembered seeing a man attacking Carla in a car that night. He said he pushed the man off of her and pulled her to safety. 
and later he and Carla had consensual sex. I was just having sex with her. I didn't beat her up and just, she was compliant and, and grateful that I got her away from that guy. He started using words like, she was compliant. And that word, the, I, the minute I heard that word in that interview, it just sent chills down my stand. Because that is how a rapist talks. She was compliant. Finally, McCurley, apparently realizing the evidence was against him, confessed and ultimately pleaded guilty. After 47 agonizing years, the mystery of what happened to Carla Walker was finally solved. I remember Detective Bennett saying, we got him. I cried. And then I cried. Just I just cried. And then I called uh, Rodney. I said, we got him. And there was a pause. And Rodney said, got him? I said, yep, we got him, buddy. We know who did this to you and Carla. And Rodney started crying. So that was a good day. McCurley's confession and the evidence gives detectives a good idea of what happened that night. It was McCurley and his wife's 11th wedding anniversary, but the marriage was in trouble. He was angry. He was drunk. He saw Rodney and Carla making out in the bowling alley parking lot and, for reasons he has never explained, attacked them. Armed with the Ruger 22, he tried to pull Carla away. Rodney tried to keep her in the car and suffered a severe pistol whipping. Carla, realizing Rodney would likely get killed trying to defend her, left with McCurley. It was the last time she was seen alive. I believe Glenn McCurley was out hunting that night. And I don't uh, believe that this was the first time um, or the last time that he had committed an act of this type. In 2021, nearly a half century after Carla Walker's murder, Glenn McCurley got a sentence of life in prison. A community and a family suffered for decades. But a few microscopic clues at last told the story of what happened and finally provided some peace for the victims and for investigators. The technology gave us the critical lead, and then you still have to have amazing detectives like Leo Wagner and Jeff Bennett to push it over the line. It's a team effort. But the technology, thank you, God. This is something we hope becomes a standard. If something doesn't work with CODIS and CODIS doesn't have a match, then we hope that this type of testing is required because it is able to provide answers that CODIS alone is not. I think the science that was used in this case is bringing law enforcement into a new era of solving cases. And I think if you're a murderer that hasn't been caught, I would be worried if I were you. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. 
Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.